0: Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Tune In, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Hey, good evening, USA, Canada, International, Long Island, AK Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Stand Island, and Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTuber, host with the most misunderstood lonely nomad, unstoppable independent podcaster, and rookie podcaster of Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging out with me on the 240th episode of off the meat rack chains new york podcast welcome everybody new listeners new streamers um and new watchers if you're watching this um anyway so this platform is the comedy show based on various topics on entertainment news we got music news there's real life stuff there's of course a little bit of transient news and a little bit of um of everything including mental health which is included too first and foremost if you are um if you are new to the channel and new to the instagram live feed or whatever we're live and direct from stream yard alongside with the instagram live feed yes instagram live feed of the podcast show page make sure you turn on your notifications so you can be able to know when i'll be on instagram live on separate podcast show pages including this one right here and yes if you miss any previous episodes if you're new to the youtube universe and new listeners that just coming in don't worry everything's all covered everything is Uploaded to the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks 555 is where you can grab that subscribe button for me on on YouTube right now. And alongside with tapping not only the the notification bell, but also enable alerts so you can be reminded of when the show goes in the air via live stream, including the time and the day scheduled for live stream podcast recordings of course be sure to leave a like and a comment along with the along with the episodes and the topics that's going to be discussed if you if you like to chime in on the topics that's going to be discussed you're more than welcome to actually do that all right folks and for the most part You can also stay tuned for more of your content upcoming episodes, previous episodes, of course, download the episodes. Be sure to be sure to listen, stream and watch the episodes. And of course, spread the word. Word of mouth is important. And tell a friend to another friend. And along with the people that you are cool with from work or anywhere else where you meet new people um and yeah so um you're more than welcome to actually make a charitable donation to support this podcast right here um i'm sorry that my cash app is not working i don't know what's going on here but you're more than welcome to 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 make a charitable donation any amount of money will be appreciated so you don't have to worry about being from a rich family to actually do that yes you can make a donation to um of course anchor.fm slash g stacks um which is where my podcast is going to be and um i may end up adding paypal to this too so I may end up adding PayPal to this. So, um we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens. Anyways, <clears throat> all right, we got some um we got some wild crazy and fun topics to get to. But first and foremost, we need to get into a little bit of transit news because there's some cab drivers um from Lyft and uber that are trying to basically be on strike now let me go over the topics for today's episode if you don't mind and okay so today's episode um if you don't today's episode not only includes the transit um not only the transit news but also the cab drivers who are going on strike by jfk airport what is that about you have to stick around to find out and along with various topics that we're about to get into we're gonna get it we're gonna go over them right now actually so um all right so let's get into it and the name of the episode of today is sneaker brand jordan plus nike sb for for retro for sneakers yeah the kicks I'll talk about that in a sec and we'll get into um the anarchy at the airports the homelessness at the at JFK Airport um we're gonna get into little TJ Boldy James the, the crazy TikTok challenge of car theft um and everything else in between so let's get into the transit news right here man this is very crazy and when I saw this I was like wow They really going on strike just to get just for payment like damn so let's get into it right here man the New York mass transit files right here Okay, the first trans story we need to get to. This has to do with a bunch of protesters. And I believe um it's taking place in Queens. I believe so. Wait, yes. Yes, it's it takes place in Queens outside LaGuardia um airport. Now, in case you're wondering what this is about, we're about to get into it right here. So and this is from the website amny.com. Um, Uber and Lyft drivers rallied outside at Laguardia Airport on Sunday in in, in in anticipation of an airport strike, which would essentially cut off cab access for travelers. Wait a minute here. You can't be serious. You cannot be serious. all right so the new york the new york taxi workers alliance revealed that the app drivers plan to go on strike sunday february 26th in protest of the ride share companies alleged reluctance to give appropriate pay raise this will mark the third action in an ongoing battle between the companies and the workers since a lawsuit blocked a pay hike that was set that was set to hit workers' wallets in December 2022 which was 2 months ago the um the NYTWA said drivers will refuse to accept LaGuardia Airport fares from 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. next Sunday in addition to holding picket lines Outside the airport, blocking the area for other cars and cabs in an effort to showcase the importance of their work in the daily lives of New Yorkers. Hmm. In one week from today at LaGuardia Airport, thousands of Uber and Lyft drivers will be on strike. No pickups at LaGuardia Airport from 12 noon to 12 midnight. It's next sunday founder of the NYTWA um um baravi Desai told the crowd in quote it's a targeted strike to send a message to uber technologies and a message to Lyft that the drivers will not be exploited the drivers are sick and tired of low wages hmm. Can't blame him. Can't blame him for being upset, though. Dad!
1: Dad!
0: Dad! Um, Assembling inside the LaGuardia Airport, Uber and Lyft cell phone lot on 23rd Avenue. And 91st street furious motorists brandished protest signs and chanted shame on uber and stopped their greed workers said say they are left to scrap by struggling to put food on the table and fuel in their vehicle tanks all the while they charge uber and lift earnings are through the roof protesters also cited a recent ucla report alleging that the companies are taking a larger cut of passenger fares in comparison to drivers who are doing the work. Um, That's a damn shame. That's a damn shame, man. And yeah, I really feel for them. That's crazy. I really feel for them. It really sucks. yeah it really sucks though man like how do you (laughs) it's crazy man um yes so last year when every american was struggling paying for bread and milk which went up higher than it's been in 40 years in our country drivers were also struggling having to pay for gasoline and vehicle expenses which went up 250 times more than the price of bread and milk, um, the size added an Uber spokesperson fired back at the action. However, stating that the drivers have received a third raise in as many years. The spokesperson also denounced the UCLA report. That really sucks. Um, End quote. If they looked at all the data rather than ignoring the vast majority of months, as well as incentives, bonuses and surge pricing, driver, er, driver earnings are up 41, 41.7%. And hold on a sec. Yes, sorry about that folks, car alarm outside my crib anyway. Um, Yes, so bonuses and surge pricing driver earnings are up 41.7% since 2018. Uber cuts has declined to around 16% and government taxes and fees have exploded to make up 18% of rider payments on average, the Rep told AM New York Metro. However, the, the drivers refuted this, claiming that the 39% increase is not enough to live on amid ever increasing New York City rent hikes. Those at the rally also accused Uber and, yeah, accuse Uber of threatening to force forcefully, forcefully, excuse me, um, log drivers out of the app who push back against the company through strikes last year drivers powered over the brooklyn bridge in a convoy that ended with a picket line at foley square and on january 5th drivers brought that picket line to uber's manhattan offices at 75th 75 greenwich street greenwich street yeah Yeah, I do feel for them, man. Like it's a damn shame. Like why, like why are you doing this shit? You know, I gotta say, man, that has to that's the that has to really suck though, man. You know what I mean? That has to really suck though, man. And and it'll be it'll be so 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 crazy and shame and a shame that you know greed is involved in uber and lyft which i really feel for the drivers i really feel for them i know those two cab companies they're about to crash and burn man watch Okay, we got another one that we need to get to right here. Um so the NTA decides to put turnstiles for the people in the wheelchair. So let's get into it. The Metropolitan Transportation Authority will pilot wide aisle fare gates at subway stations this year easing use of the system for wheelchair users who unlike most riders cannot pass through turnstiles the wide gates which open middle out will be first will be installed at yes it'll be it'll be the first station which is southern boulevard archer avenue in jamaica queens new york and Atlantic Air Avenue Barclays Center in Brooklyn this spring, the MTA's chief accessibility officer, um, Q. Q. Muell Q. Muell Q Muel Arroyo announced on Tuesday. Um, we are finally installing those gates this year, Arroyo said during the MTA's New York City Transit Committee meeting on Monday. This is one. This is the first time that the MTA is changing their fare array and how our customers access our systems. I'm very excited to be installing the very first wide out gates in the subway system, improving access for customers with disabilities, bikes, strollers, luggage, and many more. The MTA unveiled The new fair gates in 2021, promising to roll them out for testing at five stations, Southern Southern and Archer and Atlantic Avenue Barclays Center will be the first two to receive the treatment. They were chosen to get the first new fair gates due to their high volume of passenger traffic, including many carrying luggage or pushing strollers. Yeah. At present, those strap hangers and wheelchairs must enter through one of 200 auto gates at already accessible stations, it's essentially an emergency as a gate that can be opened with a MetroCard or OMNY, which stands for One Metro New York. Advocates say that the wider gates are a step toward allowing people with disabilities to use the system the same way as everyone else a quote hang on a minute yes while fair gates are great because they allow wheelchair users and people with strollers and bulky bulky suitcase yeah bulky suitcases wow or packages to go into and out of the system just like everyone else and not have to use the f- finicky big door gates said gene ryan president of disabled in action and a wheelchair user in an email once the y gates are installed everywhere we won't have to have a certain kind of metro card or OMNY and y card to get through the gate to or from the trains it might also stop some of the fair evasion that is happening with the big door gates. Such turnstiles are in wide use in transit systems around the country world, like Washington DC, San Francisco, and, and London, but have historically been missing in the Big Apple. In 2021, the MCA said it would spend 25 million dollars to install wide turnstiles at 200 stations over the next few years. The wide fare gates will replace a portion of the inaccessible turnstiles. Hmm. yes so transit officials in recent years have floated redesigning all of the subway subway's fare gates bringing them in line with uh with other systems that open middle out instead of with um a spinning turnstile that's ostensibly to combat fare evasion in December. MCA Gen- chair general lieber said the current turnstile design is too porous and invites uh, near do wells to easily jump over the jump over without paint. All right um before I even get to um channel the jazz everybody that's living in New York right now who probably are familiar with Uber and Lyft or whatnot, right? Let me just put myself in the screen real quick. Everyone that's that's familiar with Uber and Lyft, um, let us know in the comments section if if um you think that the the drivers um you know demanding a pay raise during a strike. Is it is it all worth it or is it not? I'm gonna pose that question after I get off the air about Uber and Lyft. So stay tuned for that one right there. Now we are gonna to go to now we're gonna to go to um our our next segment right here, which is hang on a minute here. Um, chatting or wait a minute. Yes, chatting or the jazz. Here we go. Let's do this and All right, let's do this. Okay, so um our next topic we're about to get into is you know I like to start off with the serious um serious topics and stuff um you know what i'm saying um let's see we're gonna get into now before we even go to boldy james let's go to this one right here so the woman who was struck in the head during the houston shooting that took takeoff's life is breaking her silence um her name is sydney leday age 24 recently spoke exclusively with local houston news outlet khou 11. In an interview released on thursday january 19th and recounted the the harrowing incident which left her in a coma and hospitalized for a week oh my goodness That's scary. That is some scary-ass shit, though, man. If you you really want to get technical with this, that's some scary-ass shit, though. Like any other 24 year old, I was just out partying and celebrating the day said of being at the 810 Billards and balling in Houston where the shooting took place. She said in quote, okay. I felt the sting in the back of my head. I felt myself falling, she said fortunately during the chaos Lede says she was picked up by the person she was with and driven to the hospital give me one second let me see who just came in okay jrmedia.comics thank you for all viewing this um and yes and he says in involving the um involving the uh uber and lyft he said it's worth it okay and like i said i am going to pose a question to everybody who's living in new york um like how do how do you feel about the strike that's going on I mean, is it a monopoly game with Uber and Lyft? Is it a monopoly based on greed? Tell us in the comments section on the Instagram live feed and alongside with um, YouTube, express yourselves on how you feel about the strike between between companies like um, Uber and Lyft. Who are basically trying to, you know, rip people off out of their, out of their paychecks, or you know, tired of low wages. You know what I'm saying? So jump in the comments section and let me know how you feel about it. All right, let's see. Hey, man, listen. <laughs> i know i know people been asking me about the shades it's because i have ring, i have ring lights on that's the reason why i have the shades on i have the ring lights on so um because you know i don't want the 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 ring lights to hit my eyes so that's why i wear them you feel what i'm saying boom all right let's keep going here um, let's see. It was like a scary movie, really. She continued. Ironically, it was Halloween night. I had on a nun outfit. I had blood all all over me. I was grateful. I was just grateful that I, I did survive because the place that hit that it hit my head. I just feel like it was a miracle. She added. Takeoff was shot and killed when shots rang out following a private event outside the Boeing Alley on November the 1st, 2022. According to the Houston Police Department, there were about 40 people present when the shots were fired following an argument. Takeoff was hit and died on the scene. Quaver was present, but uninjured. The third victim of the shooting was reported to be Quavo's assistant, 23-year-old Joshua Washington. Washington. Um, He was also transported to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries and expected to make a full recovery. On December the 2nd, 2022, the HPD announced they've arrested two men in connection to the shooting. Patrick Xavier Clark, age 33, has been arrested and charged with murder. Cameron Joshua, age 22, has also been arrested and has been charged with felony of a weapon. Okay, so let's get into let's get into another incident. Let's let's get into another um crazy thing that I'm hearing about. Um. So, let's get into the Asylum Seekers. Migrant Asylum Seekers. Okay. Now, for those of you who's living under the rock, um there's been a lot of people outside of this um this hotel that took place by West 57th Street. And and this is from Fordham, Fordham Observer.com. Um, all right so here is what's happening here following new york city's de- decision to relocate asylum seekers from their temporary residence at the watson hotel migrants protested outside the hotel for six days before they were removed by the, the new york police department on february 1st the hotel which is located on West 57th Street just 3 blocks from Fordham Fordham's Lincoln Center campus has served as a temporary shelter for migrants since November 2022. The city's decision forced migrants to relocate to a new shelter at the Brooklyn Cruise the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal in Red Hook which is in Brooklyn folks which has been criticized by residents of the building and activists because they believe it is not safe, sanitary or accessible to the rest of the city. The city started using the Watson as a humanitarian emergency response and release center for single adult male migrants. New York City has a decades old right to shelter law mandating that the city provide Adequate housing to all people experiencing homelessness, which include asylum seekers. Many of the, the asylum seekers staying at the hotel has have been um, abused into New York New York's Port Authority bus terminal for yeah, yeah 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 um yes abused into New York's Port Authority bus terminal from Texas creating a housing crisis in the city's shelter system oh my gosh wow that sucks man that really sucks right there man and i have to really say because i have to really say this is just crazy right here and i'm not i'm not even gonna hold you i'm not gonna hold you this is just beyond unbelievable and Probably disappointing too. You know what I'm saying? Um So Let me just express how I feel with this oh, no! Okay, um <laughs> oh man anyway so yeah i remember this okay so sanctuary cities across the nation are struggling to accommodate the influx of migrants in the past year according to political article adams has has asked biden for support to fill a two billion dollar deficit in in New York's Migrant Housing Program. Oh, wow. Wow. Two billion dollars? (laughs) Hmm. Good luck with that one. Okay, so. Migrants were evicted from the hotel on January 27 after the city relocated them to the HERRC in Brooklyn. Following their forced removal, a group of migrants traveled back to the Watson the day they were evicted and began camping outside the hotel in protest of the conditions they had witnessed at the Brooklyn Brooklyn Cruise Terminal. Some of the protesters said that They returned to the hotel from Brooklyn H-E-R-C-C because the new site failed to provide adequate hygienic facilities and personal security. The the shelter at the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal is a hangar-like structure with hundreds of beds laid out in rows in an open arrangement and migrants who had been sent there reported insufficient access to bathrooms and showers, fears of an outbreak of disease and inaccessibility to reliable transportation to the rest of the city. At the Watson Hotel, the observer originally conducted interviews with migrant in Spanish, which have been translated into English. A group of migrants sleeping on blankets outside of the Watson Hotel were adamant that conditions were not sufficient at the new location. Carlos Espinoza, a migrant from Ecuador who protested the eviction returned to the Watson after seeing the conditions at the Brooklyn H-E-R-R-C. They sent us to a cage like a pig farm, Espinoza said. We don't have privacy. We're constantly being watched. It's like we were, it's like we went to to a prison. <sighs> wow. Um. After staying the night on February the third at the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal, New York City Mayor Eric Adams said the facilities at the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal are providing the same services to asylum seekers. As every other humanitarian relief center in the city, videos of the Broken Cruise Terminal (HEWRc) in Red Hook shows rows of cots lined head to head, spurring concerns about privacy and safety for the individuals living there. The mayor's office of Immigrant Affairs. Urged the migrants to return to the Brooklyn shelter, but the asylum seekers refused, demanding a secure, more sustainable housing option. Manuro Castro. Commissioner of O no, excuse me, M O I A visited the migrants outside the hotel on the morning of January 31st. He said the city spent no, excuse me, sent. The men to the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal Shelter because they, excuse me, the city and its partners who work with asylum seekers are at capacity. And, um, and I, yeah, the city has been facing an influx of migrants since spring 2022, testing its shelter system. K Smart, a spokesperson for the mayor's office, said that, uh, as of february 1st over 28,400 asylum seekers were in the city's care i understand that the priority is to obtain a work permit so that people can work be independent find their own apartment etc that's that is our int- our intention castro told migrants and reporters at the watson but as you already know many people have come and the organizations we work with are at capacity and that space um brooklyn cruise terminal he is going to let us do more the city has been facing an influx of migrants since spring 2022 testing its shelter system case smart a spokesperson for the mayor's office said that as of february 1st Over 28,400 asylum seekers were in the city's care. Following the notice to vacate, about 40 migrants lined up outside the Watson's West 57th Street entrance day and night for six days, sleeping sleeping in blankets on the sidewalk. Groups of men who had befriended each other in Texas huddled together for warmth as mutual aid groups and volunteers, provided them with food, hand warmers, warm clothing and other resources. And um, this is the same story of Ellis Island. This is the same story of my family and it will be the story of our children. Um, This is from Luna Gray, an organizer at South Bronx Mutual Aid. Of course, Luna Gray an organizer at the South Bronx Mutual Aid was at the protest Monday night hand, handing out food, food and supplies. End quote. No one has told them what to do. They are organizing this on their own, Grace said. And what are we organizing? A little bit of food and a little bit of support for whatever they decide to do. Grace said she supported the protesters because they reminded her of her own family as a latina um indigena when i took when i look at these people i see my own cousins i see my father who migrated here in the 90s from the dominican republic gray said this is the same story of ellis island this is the same story of my family and it will be the story of our children buses and route to the brooklyn cruise terminal were parked outside the hotel awaiting holdouts who decided to return to the shelter to the new shelter? According to the asylum seekers, the city provided a notice before their eviction that ordered them to vacate their rooms and either relocate to the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal or another NYC shelter. The city announced the, its plans to use the hotel to accommodate asylum-seeking families and children instead. Instead. Um, Ivan Pereira, a Venezuelan migrant who was a leading voice in the group of migrants advocating for better living conditions, said the residents were not asking to be accommodated back in the Watson. He added that a single father, he understood the city's plans to house families and children at the hotel according to adams february 4th press release families have already begun to move into the watson hotel we are in agreement with this city accommodating kids and families pereira said but they should relocate us to a dignified site or housing accommodation the commute from the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal to Manhattan can be over an hour long, causing some migrants to worry about the isolated location. Many are concerned that it could cause difficulties maintaining, their, maintaining the jobs they managed to find close to the Watson. And others are concerned about finding new jobs which are limited as they wait to obtain work permits. I want to be here have a place where I can sleep in peace so that I so that I am able to go out in, in peace, Pereira said. His goal is to be able to find a job and able to save money so that I can rent a room. On January 31st, Castro offered a small group of asylum seekers, including Pereira and Espinosa, a tour of the facilities of the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal in the hopes that it would convince them that it was an adequate place to stay. For me, it's important that they understand that we're doing this for them to be in a safe environment where they can access resources, Castro said. A few hours after a group of migrants departed for Brooklyn with Castro, the bus carrying them returned to the Watson. The asylum seekers who had toured the New Brooklyn H-E-R-R-C with the commissioner said they were not convinced that the site would provide them with livable conditions. At the time of publication, M-O-I-A has not issued an official press statement about the visit Castro made to the Watson on January 31st. The office tweeted that they believe that migrants are satisfied with the accommodations at the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal. The protesters continued to stay outside the hotel. Braving a flurry of snow, the morning of February 1st, Pereira expressed the group's desire to continue to protest even though they felt like the city was not willing to work seriously with them to find a sustainable solution. Yorman Trejo, a Venezuelan migrant who stayed at the Watson, for two months, said he believed that although the conditions at the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal are bad, it is an inescapable re- reality that asylum seekers must face. <sighs> wow. That's, scar- that's some scary ass shit, though, man. Believe me, that's scary, man. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um. Yes, yeah, so I am grateful that they gave us somewhere to stay. Trejo said it lasted a short time, but I say that they gave us support already. Jackson Jackson Mitchell, a forty-eight-year-old migrant from Peru, who was accommodated in the Watson, said that he enjoyed his stay in the hotel, but that was not what he was protesting for. I'm not saying that we should return to this luxury. I don't want luxury, Mitchell said. What I am saying, my only way of thinking is that we should be in a place that is residential, where, where, for example, I come home and can grab a slice of pizza nearby. Upon hearing about that the migrants protest just a few blocks away from fordham lincoln center students express shock and concern isabel piazza um no relations to my piazza folks (laughs) um fordham college at lincoln center um 23 and an international student from peru says she believes discrimination against immigrants is an issue in New York. It's absolutely horrifying. The treatment that migrants receive, especially if it's on the undocumented side or the asylum side, Piazza said. I immigrated as a student on an F1 visa, and even with that, I did not receive the best treatment. Abdul Youssef. FCLC24 read about the protests in the news, Yousef believes that the forced removal and displacement of migrants is disruptive to their lives. When people are forced to migrate and forced to move, they cannot land stable jobs. They cannot accumulate more wealth so they can fulfill the basic needs and move on from the basic needs to something more fulfilling, Yousef said. He noted that, while cities in the U.S. continue to expel and displace migrants, the the country's economy still depends on their labor. We continue to worsen their lives and it has not just a bad effect on them, but also has a bad effect on us in that the United States is heavily reliant on immigrant labor, Yusuf said. NYPD conducted a sweep outside the hotel the night of February 1st, clearing out the protesters six days after the group began the demonstration. Police pushed back reporters and advocates outside the Watson as city sanitation workers discarded leftover blankets, paper and plastic wear and signs expressing support for the migrants. Further down the street, some of the migrants were loaded onto school buses provided by the city to transport them to the brooklyn cruise terminal as they piled suitcases into the backs of the buses men who still refused to return to the shelter regroup around the corner of west 57th street speaking among themselves and with activists about what to do next many of the migrants including Pereira and espinoza rejected the city's offer to stay in the shelter system, insisting on finding accommodations with what they deem livable conditions, concern for their safety and the cold. Some were able to stay with friends or activists they had met through the protest. A small group secured plane tickets to um, Chicago with the help of activists on on the scene. um espinoza was determined to continue his advocacy despite the tense atmosphere and uncertainty many felt after the police sweep he will stay with a friend in westchester but he does not believe his work in the city is done i want to keep fighting for the rights of immigrants i want to keep fighting for those of us who had no say in the injustice of being suddenly kicked out of the hotel. Espinosa said, "And I want to keep fighting for the rights for which belongs belongs to us." There's more. There's more. Okay. Before I go on to another asylum seeker um topic, hang on one second. and shout outs to the sneakerhead for watching this and let me see what he says i'm a fan of kumo d he he wore shades like that yeah um oh and he asked this this person right here asked where yeah (laughs) yeah i already um answered that question already anyway anyway let's keep going here all right so um all right so this is from the queen's eagle in an effort to combat the ongoing migrant crisis mayor eric adams announced wednesday that a hotel in long island city would begin housing and offering social services to some of the over 45,000 asylum seekers who arrived in the city in the past year. The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel located at 38 12th Street in Long Island City, Queens, New York will open up 144 rooms and will become the seventh humanitarian emergency response and relief center to open to aid the effort to house and connect migrants with services. A release from City Hall says that the Wingate site will provide asylum seekers with a range of services in addition to ensuring they can reach their final desired destination if if it is not New York City. New York City is caring for more asylum seekers than any other city in the United States, said Adams in the press release. As the number of asylum seekers who have moved through through our intake process in the last 10 months has now surpassed the total number of people who were in the city shelter system when I took office. It's clear that New York City is in dire need of more support from our federal partners. We continue to provide more support to arriving asylum seekers than any other city in the nation, treating people with care and compassion. And this seventh humanitarian relief center will help us continue to do that work," he added. The relief center, the seventh in the city, and first in Queens comes in addition to 85 hotels and emergency shelters that have been utilized to help temporary house the migrants. Council member Julie Wan, whose 26th council district includes the new Long Island city site said that her office was not consulted but was notified at 11 a.m. on Wednesday prior to, prior to mayor's announcement. They never give us any heads up about where they would be located, Juan told the Eagle Wednesday evening. We're never given a warning until the day of, or maybe if we're, we're lucky, 24 hours. There's not a lot of transparency there. The Western Queens lawmaker said that there are nearly 30 shelters in her district housing asylum seekers and many have been placed in low-income communities that are already struggling for resources we always hear lofty visions and lofty visions and about making sure that, uh, making sure that there's equity that there is equal distribution sharing the burden she said but if you look at it white wealthy neighborhoods in the city or that you will find in Queens, some of them have zero shelters on top of the sheer number of shelters that have had to take in migrants to deal with the crisis many of them at least in juan's district are struggling to provide necessary services in december juan and new york city public advocate on um, Jamani Williams blasted the Adams administration after 26-year-old John Ortega who had recently come to New York City with his family from Venezuela committed suicide Ortega who was among some of the first immigrants to arrive in New York City last summer has was having difficulty securing a job and living in an in independent life Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. They, they were supposed to offer mental health services and they didn't, she said. I get Department of Health and Human services, services doctor's notes about children who are having rapid weight loss, diarrhea, stomach issues because they are not fed, they're not being fed rather enough and the quality of food is so bad, kids are getting sick. The strategy of using pre-existing shelters and buildings to, to house migrants is a shift from the city's original tactic of building makeshift um, H E R C S. But one argues it isn't a sustainable plan. The hotel shelters are not a long term solution, it's a temporary band aid, she said. They really need to actually have supportive housing. We also need to expedite work papers. They need expedited work first so they can go to work because a lot of a lot of these people are looking to work. I get asked all the time, can you help me find a job? Okay. The opening of this center comes just hours after mayor adams told state legislatures in albany that the migrant crisis could cost the city up to four billion dollars and requested more assistance from the federal government as well as additional funding from governor kathy Hochul. Uh, a request one echoed we need our federal government to step in to actually provide resources and funding and be real partners with us she said eagle asked the city hall when the site would officially open to migrants but did not get an answer before press time well at least at least it's a step in the right direction to helping out these migrant um asylum seekers and it could it. And you know, everywhere I go, there's always gonna be um, homeless people. I see homeless people all the time, especially over the past couple of years and stuff. And it's a shame that the homeless people out on the street can barely get any help. So um, that's just crazy though, man. But you know something? Let's give them a round of applause. for basically doing the best they can and trying their best. Okay, up next we go into we go into the TikTok challenge. The most horrible idea that I ever heard in my life, though, man. <laughs> now, for those of you who may not know um what this is, this is basically about a TikTok challenge involving um car theft. So What are these people thinking, man? So this is from the Cyber Express website. TikTok's meteoric, meteoric rise to fame has made it had made it a cultural phenomenon, with over 500 million active users consuming content on the platform daily. Unfortunately, the popularity has led to dangerous and senseless challenges, such as cha-cha slide and throw it in the air challenge. And now the TikTok car theft challenge has gone beyond putting the public and car owners at w- at risk. Wait a minute, the cha-cha slide and throw it in the air challenge? Shit. Wow. I might cover those two in a future episode. Dubbed the Hyundai Theft Challenge, this social media trend showcases how easily pre-2021 Hyundai and Kia vehicles can be stolen using a screwdriver and a USB cable. Oh man. Even more alarming is that the participants are encouraged to not only steal the cars but also film themselves joy writing in them what in the hell are they thinking man what are they thinking i don't understand this what are they thinking what are they thinking man like really though really though Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't understand why people do shit like this, though. But anyway, man. um, (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. um, Nah. You know what, though? Before I continue, let me just make this one point right here from what this person said about Kumon D. Yeah, you're right. You're right. D did wear those shades though that that's what really got the that's what really got me the inspiration to actually look for the mirror shades though and I actually bought these from a particular shop a particular shop near the the, the Jamaica bus terminal and these mirror shades are pretty hard to find in case you're wondering where to look for them though <laughs> you would have to look for yourself though man you know what I'm saying you yeah and i bet you will be able to find it though but anyway let's get let's continue with this shit though man thankfully korean car manufacturers have fought against this alarming trend by releasing a software update that disables the ignition and ends this dangerous challenge the update is quick easy and free to install taking less than an hour to complete Let's check out what this challenge is all about and why it is wreaking havoc in the automobile sector. TikTok car theft challenge explained. (laughs) Oh man, how wiring a car may seem like an effortless feat in movies where a quick jolt of the wires is all it takes to start the vehicle. But this process is more complex especially for cars manufactured post-mid 1990s. Oh shit. Yet for for any Hyundai without a push button start, starting the engine is particularly effortless. Viral videos on TikTok demonstrate how removing the steering column and connecting the wires with a USB cable tip can start the car in seconds. Unfortunately, the prevalence of such videos has fueled an alarming trend that has resulted in tens of thousands of Hyundai and Kia vehicles being stolen in the past year. Um, furthermore, following the TikTok car death challenge, the rate of robberies involving the two brands skyrocketed to over 30 times the previous levels, previous year's levels, rather. As a result, America's large auto insurance companies, Progressive and State Farm, stopped writing policies on certain Hyundai and Kia models in specific cities, fearing the consequences of this epidemic. The TikTok Hyundai theft challenge leads to immense property loss and poses a significant threat to the public. CBS News reported that the social media trend is linked to at least 14 crashes and eight fatalities. Why does that remind me of the episode that that I did episodes ago when, when someone was driving um, a Kia car that was going down the hill and then ended up crashing, ended up crashing, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh, man, see, shit like this you know doesn't really surprise me at all but this is just beyond crazy to me and who the hell come up with this stupid ass idea to to actually do shit like this though and you know this is why i don't really be on TikTok, man because you know there's a lot of people and i'm not saying everybody i'm not saying everybody though and this is why some of the people who come up with these dumb ideas end <laughs> up getting hurt though. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy though, man. Yeah. Hey, fatalities. Yes. Yeah, so in October, the police commissioner in Buffalo, New York, tied the death of six teenagers and a stolen kid that crashed to social media videos. Oof okay so how are car manufacturers fighting the TikTok car theft challenge if you are the proud owner of a pre-november 2021 hyundai without a push button ignition please pay attention while all hyundai cars made since november 2021 are equipped with engine immobilizers earlier models without push button ignitions aren't and as a result, they are more susceptible to theft. But here's the good news: Hyundai offers a free software upgrade that modifies the vehicle control model, adding a security a security layer. The software update is easy to install and 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 activates an in the, ignition the kill switch whenever the doors are locked with the key fob. In essence, the engine can only be started if the doors are unlocked with the key fob, rendering the TikTok methods of stealing cars useless. To make it even more clearer that these older Hyundai models are no longer an easy target. The company also includes window decals that explicitly state the fertility of attempting to steal the vehicle with the tick method however it's worth noting that only some 2011 to 2022 vehicles with engine immobilizers can accommodate the software upgrade for owners of such vehicles hyundai will reimburse them for purchasing steering wheel locks which may not be the best solution but will still discourage driver's side airbag death all right so all right so our next topic right here don't try this shit at home folks that's all i gotta say on that one all right so okay so let's get into yeah wait a minute yeah i do have a topic in regards to the homeless people in regards to To them being at JFK Airport, I actually, actually saw this shit too. Hold on a minute. Um, oh boy, that's crazy, man. So wait a minute, man. Let me do the homeless, the homelessness at JFK Airport. Homelessness at JFK Airport. Okay all right so let's get to it though this is very crazy to hear this is very crazy to hear and all that stuff so let's get into all right so um let me see let me see let me see oh lord let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Homelessness is piling up. Yes. The hell? Um. Okay. So I'm going to go to... Okay. All right. So let me see. Let me see. Let me see this is crazy this oh my gosh this is so crazy right here um let's get to okay homelessness in all right what is going on here um Hey, one moment one moment please okay so here it is Many travelers and employees have noticed an increase in the number of homeless people living at at Ken, John F. Kennedy Airport in Queens, um, which, is, um, which is according to Fox 5, of course. So um, the flight attendant said that a popular place for, for the homeless is the footpath between the airport terminal and Terminal 5 as it is heated on a cold winter day, five to ten people can hide there. Employees believe that people take the subway to Jamaica Station and then use the air train to get to the airport, which is a public place. And that means the guards can't kick out the homeless. While some say they feel some say they don't feel safe because of the presence of the homeless. Flight attendants arriving and departing at the early or late hours say they feel insecure every day. Uh, okay, only when homeless people become aggressive can employees call the police. The Port Authority said it is coordinating with nonprofit group Urban Pathways. Her mission is to provide outreach and housing services and support to New Yorkers who are at risk or homeless. Port Authority said many checks are made every day at each terminal to evaluate many, any sources, any resources, rather, that may be needed. However, Urban Pathways was unable to share specific data or indicators of the organization's success. According to the Homeless Relief Coalition, the number of single homeless adults is now 117% higher than it was 10 years ago. Therefore, the homeless can be seen in many places, even at the airport. Urban Pathways provides services including, but not limited to access to shelters, permanent placement, permanent placement, referral to, yeah, for medical treatment. And psychiatric assessment referral for treatment, Urban pathways provide two employees, a team leader and a human resources specialist. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. Um human resources specialist at the airport twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Um it also offers the services of an additional certified alcohol and drug abuse counselor 40 hours per week. Okay, so let's get all right, let's get that out of here. Um, let's see. Let's see if there's any more serious stuff that we need to talk about. Uh yes. Um wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. Loot wait right let's get into uh hang on a minute here so little Tj wow little Tj right um according to a statement from little Tj's attorney Don Florio obtained by double excel this afternoon Tj's recent arrest has been described as an unfortunate situation that was not his fault. Florio explained little TJ was not arrested for another gun charge. He was a, he was excused from appearing in court last Friday by an arraignment judge. Another judge revoked his bond and put him back in jail for missing court on Friday, even though he was told by the first judge that he did not have to, he did not have to appear little tj's family posted the bill yesterday and he is free it is so unfortunate that he had to be jailed for something that was not his fault little tj has been arrested for the second time in two weeks following little TJ's arrest 11 days ago on gun charge according to police records obtained by double xl on friday january 27th the bronx new york rapper was T- again taken into custody on Thursday January 26 and released at some point today despite initial reports claiming that TJ born Tion Merritt was reportedly booked on felony criminal possession of a firearm in the Bronx and has since posted bail he was instead arrested for failure to appear in court in connection with his gun related arrest from earlier this week of course um the court thing already happened on February fourteenth. Um that's wow. Um this is crazy, man. Double XL has reached out to Lil TJ's team, his attorney, and the New York Police Department for comment. As previously reported, Lil TJ was, was arrested for alleged gun possession on January 16th at an Ice Spice video shoot. According to the NYPD, an SUV containing TJ and four other individuals was parked illegally, leading police to investigate They searched the vehicle and four firearms were recovered. All five men were taken into custody. TJ bonded out the following day. Little TJ's attorney, Don Forrio, claimed the rapper's video shoot arrest was the result of an illegal search and seizure. Saying police had no reason to search the vehicle, she also claimed the firearms did not belong to her client. This is TJ's third time in three years being arrested in New York City on gun charges. In December of 2020, he was arrested in a similar situation in Brooklyn. After a vehicle he was riding in with four other men was pulled over for an illegal lane change. Police searched the car and discovered four loaded handguns and a large amount of weed. TJ was booked on charges of criminal possession of a weapon, marijuana possession, and grand larceny. Little TJ is making his musical comeback after being the victim of a near fatal shooting last summer. Releasing "Give You What You Want" last November and appearing on "Gangsta," on the late great Gangsta Boo on iSpice's Spice's new EP, like question mark. All right, um. Okay, so let's see, let's see, let's see. So let's get into, let's get into the ring card cam. All right, so. So this is from theverge.com so rings car cam is for those who want to record everything everywhere all at once this dual camera dash cam can detect break-ins when your car is parked and record every second of your time on the road excuse me if you have a specific need for a vehicle excuse me for a device like this this is a good option but integration with the other ring devices and alexa is lacking okay so the latest video surveillance device from amazon on ring the ring car cam which costs 249 dollars and 99 cents is now available the long delayed dash cam security device for your car provides the final piece of the puzzle for training digital eyes on everything you own the company has indoor cameras outdoor cameras doorbell cameras and now a car camera nothing need nothing need to go unwatched compared to all the other ring devices though this one feels the most intrusive oh boy intrusive huh how intrusive are we talking about here how intrusive are we talking about here yes so having a camera pointed directly at your face while driving is unnerving at best and downright diabolical at worst (laughs) oh man anyone in my family with access to the ring app could watch me while i drive around only a subtle and easily missed ding ding indicates to me that someone is viewing the camera live Oh, wow. And um, having a camera pointed directly at your face while driving. Yeah, I reread that. So there is a physical privacy shutter. Oh, wow. Wait, $249.99, that's interesting right here, man. All right, so uh, let's see. Yeah, so uh um yeah, so the physical so there is a physical privacy shutter you can flip up to disable the interior camera and any audio recording inside the car. Uh but if you are thinking of spending two hundred and fifty dollars on this device cutting off half of the its utility doesn't make it a lot doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense. You can't disable just audio inside the vehicle either it's video and audio or nothing hmm. and um dash cams are hardly new but a live view inside the car is less common and more expensive and ring is also bringing the two-way talk feature popularized by its um U B ubiquitous doorbell to the dashboard being able to connect to your home's Wi-Fi also positions the car cam as more of a house security device plus simply by bearing the ring name it's going to be mainstream in a way that other dash cams aren't um so yeah so let's go over the good and the bad for a sec. So the good, driving video is stored locally, two-way talk capability, LTE connectability, lets you access footage from anywhere. Physical privacy, shutters, shutter cut, cuts off interior audio and video, easy to install and looks discreet. GPS tracking can help you find your car. The bad news is you have to pay a monthly fee to download video. Exterior video was partially obstructed in, in my vehicle. Limited in, integration with Alexa and other ring devices. You can't disable audio alone. 20 second limit on downloading some videos on device video quality um, capped at 550 P. While I've never previously considered putting a camera inside my car or pointing outside my windshield, there are plenty of scenarios many people may encounter where it would clearly be useful. There are well-documented incidents where recorded evidence of interaction with police during traffic stops has proved incredibly important. The ability of the Marine car cam to alert loved ones due to the app to any trouble you may be in could be invaluable in dangerous situations (laughs) and for other people potential scenarios proving you weren't at fault in a road accident or catching the person that side swiped your parked car and drove off a dash cam is undeniably a useful tool the car cam is also the most subtle dash cam i've encountered it's it's a it's a velte device that fits snugly between your windshield and dashboard and sticks to the glass with pre-installed adhesive it's it's still very visible but not as obnoxious as those large black rectangles i often see dangling from the rear view mirror in ubers it has two wide angle cameras one facing in and one out through the windshield they both automatically record in 1080p HD when the car is driving, capturing any audio inside the cabin too. When the car is parked and off, the car cam will start recording if any of its sensors are triggered. Ring wouldn't tell me exactly what type of sensors are in the camera, but any motion inside the cabin definitely triggered recording when the car was off you can activate a recording if you are in the car by saying alexa record or remotely um through the ring app by initiating a live view this also lets you see and talk to anyone in the car a fairly unique feature for a dash cam the theory being that you can share no excuse me you can scare off any would be thief Personally, I found that having a camera trained on me while driving helped restrict my, any bad habits I may or may not have picked up in my 30 or so years of driving with a soon to be 15 year old son. I saw immediate value in having this trained on him when he starts driving solo. um let me see where did i leave off his reaction to that suggestion was hell no which was also my husband's response to the idea of a pair of digital eyes watching him in the car the first time he drove my car after i installed the ring cam i discovered that you can you get a handy alert in the ring app whenever the device is unplugged And to be honest i don't blame them it feels like we are all on camera all the time these days and frankly it's it's exhausting why does that remind me of the old tv show person of interest right yeah that's what that reminds me of um my car is a sanctuary as a busy working mom, there have been moments over the years when I've snuck out and just hung out in there, reveling in the peace, quiet, and privacy. A camera inside my car is not something I have ever felt the need for. In my situation, it seemed likely there would be more value in... More value in... um. More value in the car cam as a specialty, no, excuse me, as a security camera. Give me one moment. All right, so thanks to the sensors, if your car is tampered with while it's parked, An alert pops up in the ring app and you can open a live view in the app and see and talk to anyone in the car, just like you can, you can, you can with a ring doorbell camera. Um, I have an exterior smart security camera trained on my driveway, precisely to keep tabs on what are some of our most valuable assets. But as with the with that camera, I don't see the car cam being more of a deterrent to a determined thief at 2 a.m. than locked doors and my car's own alarm system. I certainly won't be make won't be awake to see the, the notification in the ring app and open a live view to yell at a thief in my driveway. If I did happen to catch notification i could turn on any other ring cameras or any ring lighting directly from the live the live view of the car cam in the app as an extra deterrent but there isn't an option to have this happen automatically or to integrate with ring alarm which is an odd omission of course, the camera can record um, video of the event and send clips to the cloud. So, if someone takes your car and or pulls out the camera, you can access the footage. The footage, As long as you pay for Ring's new Protect Go subscription, which is between $6 a month or $60 a um, year per camera. Oh, wow. That's interesting. This is a separate fee from any other Ring service. And as with all Ring cameras, it's basically essential. Without the subscription, you get notifications. Can you, can can check the live view and see the most recent videos when the device is connected to the Wi-Fi. Of course, you could so check if your signal stretches to wherever you park your car at night, but you can't download any of those videos. Hmm. The ring protect go plan also gets you LTE coverage. Allowing you to view and download videos when out of range, out of the range of Wi Fi. And it enables the option for GPS location, which potentially could help find your car if it doesn't get stolen, if it does get stolen. Or you can't remember where you parked. It, It only shows the current location of the device, and location data isn't stored. So you can't see where it has been. You can disable GPS in the app. The plan goes with 180 days of cloud video storage. But the onboard storage will uh, record for up to seven hours before it records over um, existing footage. Um, You can also set it to delete each day. There's no option for removable storage driving video records records locally to the device to download clips the car cam needs to be connected to wi-fi or have have a strong lte signal any motion events alexa record commands um more on that in a bit and live views are uploaded to the cloud where you can view them from the app when you download a driving video It's also sent to the cloud to be processed. Oddly, you can only download driving clips of 20 seconds each time. All other other clips can be downloaded in full. In testing, the security camera feature worked well despite my car being parked at the end of my driveway um, with just one bar of Wi-Fi and very poor LTE coverage at my home. I could see and talk to my son when I sent him out to test this, and the the alert came through within a few seconds of him opening the door. Um, audio was clear and loud, as it was during driving the night, but the night vision was a bit um, pixelated and blurry after a few days with the car cams st- staring at me with its blue led eye, um which is uh, so there's a also a blue alexa light led circle on top that glows i kept wondering why this isn't also an echo auto device i get that ring is trying its best to make This feel less intrusive, but if I'm going to have this thing stuck in my dashboard, it would be nice to have the option to turn on a hands-free voice assistant. Instead, Alexa integration is limited to that Alexa uh, uh, record command, which starts in on-demand recording. It doesn't even work with Echo Show smart displays to to pull up a live view in your home as you can do with all of ring's other security cameras the the record command will initiate recording even if the car is off and even if you have turned off external motion detection in the app it will capture any action for at least 20 minutes alert me alert any shared users of the ring app that something's happening and save the first five minutes to the cloud uh the, the the bit the last bit only if you pay for for ring protect go thankfully i was not pulled over nor did i witness or participate in a fender bender during my week of testing so i didn't have the chance to evaluate a real world experience of this feature but i did test the command both while the car was parked and off and while driving as the camera already records while you are driving or if it detects motion when the car is off The feature feels more like a safety net to make sure it's recording. The main difference between it and regular recording is the command initiates 20 minutes of continuous video regardless of motion and sends the beginning of the video to the cloud, useful in case someone nabs the camera. As mentioned, it's also possible to download the whole video after the event rather than just 20 seconds at a time. In testing, the command while worked while the vehicle was on and off, although there was one time it didn't pick up when the car was off. One moment. okay all right um all right um where was i oh yes um interesting command worth oh, while wow, the vehicle was yeah i did read that one okay so frequently the camera thought it Heard the radio or a podcast say Alexa, it would acknowledge the command by announcing recording traffic stop, but those recordings didn't show up in my timeline flagged as traffic stop. Um, so it appears to have realized it was a false alert. The video quality from both cameras is decent, but live views and local p- playback are limited to 540p only cloud recordings and downloaded videos can get up to 1080 yeah 1080 wow 1080 1080p according to ring's website live video quality didn't provide enough detail for me to zoom in on the license plate of a car ahead of me once downloaded it become it did become possible to make out that type of detail but you have to pay for the ability to download videos oh boy both cameras have night vision and the quality here has all has was also excuse me um mostly just okay a little hard to just make out faces in the the cabin at night the exterior video dropped off significantly in my poorly lit neighborhood and when the car registered motion while parked in my very dark driveway at night i couldn't see much going on outside of the vehicle it didn't spot my son approaching the car in the video above this wouldn't be as much of an issue on a busier a busier busier more well lit street but this is also where automatic integration with rings outdoor lighting products would make this more useful the exterior camera has a smaller viewing angle than the, the interior camera It's enough to see across four lanes of traffic when driving, but when stationary, it didn't pick up a pedestrian crossing until she was right in front of me. Additionally, nearly half of the video screen is taken up by the dash of my 2014 Toyota Highlander because of the camera's location between it and the windshield. Wow. Wowzers. Oh, wow. Okay, let's see. Okay, if you already have Ring products, you will find it very easy to set up the camera and use the Ring app. The live feed shows up on the home screen along with any other Ring cameras you have. You can view the video in the same way you would those cameras, the main difference being a toggle that flips between the exterior and interior views. Installation was simple. I got it set up in about 10 minutes. The most complicated part was routing the cable around my dish, which required a bit of poking with a supply tool to get it in between the windshield and the dash. I couldn't tidy up I couldn't tidy all all away completely, but for more for more permanent installation, I would use some of the adhesive clips supplied. Overall, it looked fine, and it and its low profile and camera management system are less intrusive than the bulky dash cams with dangling power cables I've seen around. The cameras sit up just above your dash on the end of a small arm which can block less of you no excuse me less of your view than if it were hanging from the rear view mirror as a lot of dash cams do but it is still a distraction in your field of vision um I'm concerned about how well this camera will hold up and okay so the car cam is powered by a usb-c cable that plugs into a device that goes into your obd 2 port there is no battery on board um and no other way to power this ring told me you can't use a battery pack. if you are using the port for something else say one of those dongles from your insurance company your car doesn't have one or it's in a place where it wouldn't be safe to route cables to then you won't be able to use the cameras the camera excuse me some cars also won't support the car cam using the obd2 port ring has a lot of incompatible cars here I'm concerned about how well this camera will hold up in hot weather. Here in the south, temps in my car can reach scorching and the maximum 131 degrees Fahrenheit rating seems low, especially as it will be in direct sun and not shielded by the roof as it would be um, if attached to the rear view mirror. Conversely, there are many places where it's going to be colder than negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, the low end of the device's threshold. Another potential problem is that the camera sips power from your battery when you are not driving to keep the motion sensors on. If you if you have an older or less reliable battery, this could be an issue. There is a setting in the Ring app that lets you limit the camera to drawing low, medium, or high power. And Ring says the camera's power management system will turn itself off before depleting the car's battery. It didn't cause any problems in my w- in my week of testing, and I had it on the highest setting. But my battery is under a year old, and I don't live in a cold climate. While I have, while while I've never personally tested, I'm not personally tested any other dash cams. My research indicates Ring is not doing a lot. That's totally new here. Two-way talk with the live stream is the main competitive advantage. There are other options that record both inside and outside your car some in higher 2k or 4k quality many also offer gps tracking and can monitor your car when parked a few also have connectivity options to download videos remotely and some even have alexa built in but these but these can run to well over four hundred thousand 000 400 yeah, $400 actually, excuse me. Like the recently released Garmin Dash Cam Live. $400 for this camera. Yes, yeah, $400 for this camera. So, all right. So, this cam has many of the car cams' features and as removable storage. 1440p recording, and a built-in screen for on-device control and um, video viewing. Plus, you can download an entire drive with a neat time-lapse feature. But as with the less expensive 270-hour cam, you'll pay more for connectivity. Monthly fees are $10. $10 for Garmin, and twenty dollars a month for our cam compared to six dollars for ring. Oh, wow. The Ring Car cam is super easy to use thanks to the responsive Ring app. It's completely priced, and even though there's a monthly fee, it's less than the competition charges while offering more features. This makes it a good solution if you want to keep the tabs on your vehicle and have the, the ability to record constant video but nighttime video quality was disappointing and the lack of any automatic integration with Ring's other security devices, plus the limited Alexa functions makes make this feel like a tentative step into a new category for Ring. If you are on the fence, I would probably um, wait for version 2.0 or see if they deliver any software updates. However, my son's birthday is, a, is in about three weeks and my terror at the thought of him being out on the road is enough that I think I will pick up one. I pick one up, excuse me, but I'll probably let him use the privacy shutter. Hmm. <clears throat> privacy shutter, huh? OK and um let's see let's see let's see let's see let's go to Baldy James let's go to Baldy James All right Baldy James it is Baldy James was seriously injured in a car accident that took place in his hometown of Detroit on Monday, January 9th, which initially left the rapper in critical condition. However, according to a statement released by the the Rhymers representatives, he is currently in stable condition after ongoing undergoing rather surgery for an injury to his neck. <clears throat> End quote, Boldy James was involved in a serious two car accident in the Detroit metropolitan area. The statement reads, I can confirm that Boldy arrived at the hospital in critical condition, suffering from broken vertebrae in his neck and orthopedic injuries. After undergoing extensive surgery on his neck, Boldy has been removed from the intensive care unit and is now in stable condition. Damn, son. This is some scary-ass shit. This is some scary-ass shit, though, that he went through. This is some scary-ass shit, though, man, to be honest with you. And I don't even... (laughs) Wow. Oh, man. One moment. okay (sighs) oh man that's really crazy man that's crazy Okay, where was so, that? So the statement went on to thank the responders who assisted James at the scene of the two-car collision, as well as the medical staff that provided their aid during the hospitalization. Boldy and his family would like to express their gratitude to the incredible doctors and nurses that are taking care of him and also to the community's emergency medical personnel and first responders um the near fatal accident follows what was a landmark year in james's career as he released a string of critically acclaimed projects that continued his ascent as one of the most talented lyricist in rap today his first release uh, excuse me first release of 2022 killing nothing was produced by real bad man and was ranked among vibes best hip-hop albums of last year other releases from from james over the past 12 months include fair exchange no robbery with nicholas craven mr 1008 with future wave and be that as it may with cons on sunday january 15th detroit rap legend eminem wished james a speedy speedy recovery at the hearing news of his accident sending out best wishes for a quick recovery for the d's own boldy james the rapper wrote in a post on his twitter account in 2020 m and james appeared alongside each other on on fellow Motors motor city rep big sean's song friday night cypher from his detroit 2 album and um yeah so there. so here it is so eminem is thinking about boldy james this weekend after it was revealed that the detroit rapper was rushed to the hospital following a serious crash on monday january 9th, boldy james um whose real name is james clay jones the third was involved in a two-car accident that happened in the Detroit metropolitan area, the rapper's publicist confirmed to Hip Hop DX. Following the accident, he was taken to the hospital in critical critical condition, suffering from broken vertebrae in his neck and orthopedic injuries. But after undergoing extensive surgery on his neck, he was taken out of ICU in stable condition. Boldy and his family said in a statement that they wanted to express their gratitude to the incredible doctors and nurses that are taking care of him and also to the community's emergency medical personnel and first responders. A number of artists have since taken social media to, uh, to offer comforting words of encouragement, including Det- fellow Detroit rapper Eminem. Sending our best wishes for quick recovery for the D's on Boldy James and tweeted, followed by salute and prayer prayer hands emojis. In addition to Eminem, Westside Gun asked fans to keep Boldy, Boldy James in their prayers and a tweet on Saturday, January 14th. I was waiting until the official statement to be released. Please keep my brother in your prayers, open hand emojis open hands emoji the griselda head honchos wrote he's a strong soul and fighter he's still talking about gxfr and 20 no excuse me 227 gx gxfr and 227 forever not sure what that means but anyway just hearing them Words broke me down, but God is gr- the greatest. And Bo gonna be better than ever. Other artists to send love in Boldy's direction include Static um, Selector, who tweeted, Sending love to my bro, Boldy James, quick recovery. The Boston producer's recent collaborator, Bun B, also chimed in, writing prayers for my little bro, Boldy James. He has a bad wreck. Get well get well soon, homie. Another Detroit rapper, Royce the59, also took to social media to, to ask for prayers. Prayers up for my loved one. Please, he wrote on Instagram, followed by an open hands emoji. And um Former Mass Appeal rapper isn't the only artist who was involved in a car accident this week. On Tuesday, January 10th, R&B singer Donnell Jones revealed he had crashed his Mercedes-Benz into a ditch at the asleep behind the wheel. What in the hell? Like, seriously? Like, Why? I don't understand. I really don't understand, though. So the 49-year-old was fortunate to have not suffered any injuries but said the experience has taught him a valuable lesson about driving while tired. I fell asleep while driving yesterday and ended up in a ditch. He wrote in the cap- in his caption, I walk away with no injuries but I learned a valuable lesson that if you are tired, just park the car because this could have been bad. He added, I know that I am truly protected, but I needed this experience. Thank God. Thank you, God, for wrapping your arms around me, as you have always done. My love and loyalty is to you. <sighs> right. Right. Um, Yeah. Um, loyalty to you. Hold on. Yes, yeah, so, um, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Yes, yeah, so Jones also shared a series of photos documenting the aftermath of his crash, showing his silver Mercedes Benz S-Class stranded in a ditch by the side of the road. Okay, and um, also Boldy James drops a surprise. Um, let's see. So Boldy James. Has dropped a surprise new album called Indiana Jones, which comes days after after he was involved in a car crash that left him in critical 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 condition. Produced by Rich Gaines, the 17 track project features Sir Michael Rocks, Jonathan Chapman, Detroit King Tape, Cassie Joe Craig, and one Chuckster jay imani sammy Hag and guap <laughs> oh wow <laughs> rich Gaines, who worked on freddy gears 2018 album freddy is the latest in a long line of producers boldy james has recruited over the past year to completely produced his albums. In 2022, the Detroit rapper put out the project Killing Nothing with Real Bad Man, Fair Exchange, No Robbery with Nicholas Craven, Mr. 1008 with Future Wave, and Be That As It May with Cuns. The cover art for Indiana Jones bears some similarities to the Harrison harrison ford starring action adventure franchise of the same name the fifth film in the series indiana jones and the dial Dest- dial of destiny is due to be released in cinemas in on june 30th 2023 um besides coming out of nowhere the album was also a surprise because it was reported last week that boldy james yeah um real name james clay jones third had been involved in a serious car crash on saturday january 14th the detroit rap, rappers publicist confirmed to hip-hop dx that boldy was part of a two-car accident that happened in the detroit metropolitan area on monday january 9th he was taken to to hospital He was taken to the hospital in critical condition, suffering from broken vertebrae in his neck and orthopedic injuries. After undergoing extensive surgery on his neck, he was removed from the extensive care unit and reported to be in a stable condition. Baldy and his family said in a statement that they wanted to express their gratitude to the incredible doctors and nurses that are taking care of him and also to the community's emergency medical personnel and first responders many artists rushed to social media to wish the rapper a speedy recovery including fellow detroit rapper eminem sending out best wishes for a quick recovery for the d's on boldy james and tweeted followed by salute and prayer hands emojis the former mass appeal rapper it wasn't the only artist yeah we just talked about that already man donald jones that's crazy man we just talked about that. So um, let's go to, okay, let's go to, hold on a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go to Drake. Let's go to Drake. All right, so um, Drake just released his new music video for the Harlow single, Jumbotron Shit Popping." Which features Drizzy reviewing he purchased some of Pharrell's jewelry collection. Um, Drake continues to roll out visuals for his collab album with 21 Savage. On Tuesday, January 17th, the OVO head Honcho delivered the video for the solo track Jumbotron Shit Poppin'. The Tristan CM directed video finds Drizzy Rich flexing outside a posh mansion in front of a classic Ferrari and others scenes she displays more wealthy tropes like dining at a fancy restaurant and posting up inside the rolex store throughout most of the the duration of the visual drake is wearing a healthy amount of jewelry that once belonged in pharrell's collection including his multi multicolored nerd pendant chain babe um babe Astronaut bus NERD brain pendants and skateboard charms. Hmm, kind of like what you see in the picture. um <clears throat> Pharrell put the Jacob & Co. produced pieces up for auction in October of 2022 on an auction house he launched last year called Jupiter. With 49 pieces in all going to the higher bid, the highest bidder. As for why Skateboard P decided to off the bling, he recently told Vogue he's more into a minimalistic lifestyle these days. At that time, it was just all about stunting. He told the publication, I just wanted to stunt on everybody. I was really trying to give off the Richie Rich persona. I wasn't doing anything with these things, he added. The only way to make myself lighter is to let go of these things from a different time that I no longer associate with. <clears throat> According to Vanity Fair, Drake paid $2.6 million for his haul on the online auction. Drake hasn't been shy about dropping major cash on jewelry recently. Last month he spent an estimated between four to six million dollars on. A three fifty-one carat diamond necklace from jeweler Alex Moss. Wow! 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 Son, <sighs> you know, and it's not. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being fresh to death, man. Especially if you have a couple outfits and stuff. And you know, you know, sometimes you sometimes you gotta treat yourself to some things, you know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with that. All right, so um speaking of bape. Speaking of BAPE, let's get into, hold on, let's get into why Nike is suing BAPE. Okay, and this is from Complex. Um, Why hasn't Nike sued BAPE? The question lingered for years, popping up in discussions about intellectual property ownership and footwear and as a defense employed by designers who earned lawsuits from nike for copying its most recognizable silhouettes a bathing ape bait for short was f- was founded in japan in 1993 and emerged in the, the u.s 10 years later its hoodies and sneakers and and possibly colorful pieces that announced a new era in streetwear at the turn of the millennium became status symbols in hip hop. Bape's biggest shoe, the Bapesta, <laughs> was, <laughs> was 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 pop- <laughs> Oh shit. Was popular in part for its garish looks. The most desirable pairs wore uppers of shiny patent leather in shades like candy pink or tropical yellow but also for its shape which conspicuously rife rift on the Nike Air Force 1 the bape shoe is a copy of the nike model one that rips the sh- the swoosh off the side and replaces it with a cartoony, shooting start. Oh my gosh. Wow. <sighs> man, that's, wow. You know, this is, this sounds like, this sounds like a rip off to me though, man. Like it's, it's almost like a, a person who bootlegs sneakers. You know what I'm saying? like the material of a boot lace sneaker or whatever can, can look like the real thing. But the, but the quality of it is, is, is a little trash though. You know what I'm saying? And that to me, that to me sounds like the most biggest, and I mean biggest folks, the biggest epic fail ever. Yeah, that right there is just beyond ridiculous, man. Oh no Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to throw some shots at um Bape for copying this shit. Yeah. I had to do it though, man. Um I had to do it though, man. Um let's see. Let's see. Um okay, so uh bait founder um Tomoaki um Nageo, better known as Nego, told complex in two thousand eight that he was impervious to the online chatter about him taking so liberally liberty from nike ironically he was engaged in his own battles against um look and in quote i never read blogs nigo said so i don't even hear the criticism about us doing nike takeoffs i'd like to say that other brands doing Bape knockoff shows that the brand is recognized and desired. But in reality, it's really annoying to have to deal with it. Bape's most famous sneakers wan in popularity at the end of the 2000s, Their shape shifted to look less like the Air Force One in 2010s and then in the 2020s. It seems to they seem set for a resurgence through the decades. Bape ducked litigation from Nike even as the sneaker company became more aggressive about pursuing knockoff designers. Bape's good luck expired this week. On Wednesday, Nike filed a lawsuit against the streetwear brand in New York. In in New York district of New York District Court accusing Bape of trademark infringement and false designation of origin ah lord you know this is what happens when you do shit like this though man this is what happens when you do shit like this though man you you end up doing some dumb shit out of the blue man and to, to me that sounds a little bit disgusting man it does Which means it can make you do crazy shit, man. So, (laughs) let me just do this. Let me just do this, though. Bape's current footwear business involves around copying Nike's iconic designs the lawsuit reads Nike's complaint highlights the, the abundant similarities between Bape designs like the Bape the the SKA STA um and the Cortez <laughs> and their corresponding Nike inspirations the the Air Force 1 Dunk Low and the Jordan one respectively. Babe did not respond to a request for comment. The lawsuit explains Nike's long delay in pursuing legal action by saying that before 2021, the amount of sneakers BAPE sold in the US was insignificant. Nike's lawyers say that starting in 2021, Bape scaled up its footwear businesses and it's begin to sell even more copies of iconic nike designs this escalation nike says forced the lawsuit the lawyers say that Bape sneakers have created confusion in the marketplace and that consumers could falsely associate its products with nike nikes in a, in a warning letter to Bape in August, 2022, Nike claimed that a recent collaboration between BAPE and Marvel was likely to create an er- erroneous association between Bape shoes, Disney, Marvel, and Nike. But those who saw BAPE's Baestas, um during the shoes, Cultural zenith in the 2000s didn't encounter regular misconceptions about the footwear's origin. Bape sole store in New York City, which opened in December 2004, was a des- was a destination you strateg- strategized, saved money, and planned for how long you might have to wait in line if you were paying hundreds of dollars for a pair of the basters sitting on the mirrored conveyor belt inside it meant you'd researched the shoes beforehand and um and um a stray tourist or ignorant parent might have confused the shoes for nikes associated no associates say but the core audience knew what they were getting um wow and i mean wow um the Bapesters had a certain sauce you couldn't get from a Nike sneaker. The drip you can't replicate, says Fendi, no, Frendi, excuse me, um, Lamorin, who worked at the sneaker section at BAPE in Soho starting in 2006. Obviously, the sneakers were heavily inspired by the Oregon label, but Bapesters had a soul of its of its own. Pharrell, who's collaborated with Nico over the years, was a fixture at the bass store in New York. Kid Cudi worked there before his music career took off. Soldier Boy got him some baiting, bait, baiting apes, but neither his sneakers nor his connection to the brand were official. It was a fucking madhouse in there, says um, Lemorin. I'm telling you, the store was like a club that had a celebrity appearance in every in there every single day. He remembers um, that the store was t- was selling anywhere from 80 to 100 pairs of of sneakers a week in that era. Nigo said. Negro later said that from 2006 to 2007, the annual sales for Babe Babe's parent company reached 63 million dollars. 63 hmm. <sighs> Okay, 63 you mean, Yeah. Okay, uh It's $3 million. Oh, boy. Okay, so Bapesters were around $200 per pair at retail in the mid-2000s. Air Force Ones at the time usually topped out at $90, which is what I paid for, actually. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually what I paid for, actually. Um, yeah. So the basters were, was alluring as a flashier alternative available in colors, bolder than what Nike made on the Air Force One back then. Base sneakers seemed to create a feedback loop. Eventually Nike began its own shiny Air Force Ones in pastel colors. That magic was also inspo for these other brands. And they respected that, says Gabriel Acevedo, who worked at Babe Soul store starting in 2006. He remembers Nike employees coming into the store and asking Babe Associates to set aside pairs of their more limited sneakers in exchange for a return, f- return favor when a coveted pair of Nikes was releasing. Them being at Nike is what they would use in hopes that you would consider holding down that item they wanted says a Savato. um an old manager of the base store in new york says that nike execs would sometimes come into the solo boutique workers would indicate in whispers to each other to each other who the visitors were but there was no sense of fear there was no palpable Anticipation of legal action. We felt we we felt we were untouchable. the The former Bape manager says we knew Nike employees were there watching. Um, though the Nike lawsuit portrays Bape's footwear business in the 2000s as a minimum. As minimum, the Oregon sneaker company designers at the highest level were aware of the Bape's the Bapester complex and asked tinker hatfield, hatfield the legendary nike designer responsible for countless classic air jordan and air max models about the bait shoes in 2008 excuse me it's certainly a form of flattery hartfield said i feel in some ways though in the long run it's possibly hurting athletic footwear i think we're having more trouble promoting new performance designs than we have in the past year the past excuse me there are all these remakes and people are digging the remakes the remakes because they can actually participate in the marketing that same year nike registered a trademark for the air force one to protect its trade dress which is the physical appearance of a design the air force one first released in 1982 and had consistently been on the shelves in the years since as a retro model but nike but Nike couldn't enforce its ownership of the non-functional visual aspects of the design until 2008. The timeline presented in Nike's complaint suggests that the 2008 trademark could have been secured to prepare for a legal battle against Bape. The lawsuit says that in 2009, Nike met with Bape to address the Bapesters similarities to the Air Force One. That such a meeting happened was never made public until this week at the retail level. Bape employees remember rumblings of a confrontation with Nike back then, but never saw concrete evidence. The 2009 meeting happened after Bape had for years been expanding its retail operation in the U.S., which by then included stores in New York in Los Angeles, along with an online store. Following the meeting, Nike's lawyers say in in the suit, BAPE significantly and materially diminished its U.S. activities. Nike's attention paid to BAPE was fluctuated based on the label's presence in the U.S. where Nike is best suited to defend its designs. The lawsuit names U-S-A P-E-L-L-C in New York as the defendant. Of course, um, Michael Jordan, whose namesake Jordan brand is owned by Nike, was embroiled in the lawsuit against Chinese Air Jordan rip-off brand um, um, Kioden Sports for nearly 10 years. That business in the U.S. slowed in the 2010s appears to have... Staved off Nike. Bape's Los Angeles store closed in 2010, followed by the Soho store the next year. In 2011, Hong Kong fashion conglomerate LT purchased 90% of Bape's parent company, Nowhere Co., for just $2.8 million. In an interview that year with WWD, nigo who denied that his company was in dire financial straits said that babe grew too big for him to manage. Hmm. Too big to manage. Wow. Hmm. Too big to manage. Huh. Well, I don't know. <clears throat> Should've had thought about that before copying off of Nike designs. And this is how, this is how people end up crashing and burning once again, like Bape did. Okay, let's see. Basically, I can't do business. The designer said, "I'm not suited for it. I wish I had a partner on the business side from the beginning." Nigos officially stepped down from Bape in 2013. In the ensuing decade, Nike says, Bape shifted its business to focus on China and Taiwan. The brand redesigned the Bapesta in 2016, introducing a new version of the shoe that looked less like the Air Force one. Many assumed the changes were made to avoid legal issues. For Bape fans, that version of the Bapesta is a low point. As evidenced by the comments on articles uh, accompanying It's rollout. Um, I can't stand those, says Jesse Pelitano, a collector and reseller who bought his first bait item in 2007 The based silhouette from the second half of the 2010s breaks up the paneling at the heel and toe, adding extra sections and stitching that wasn't on the original base or the Air Force One. It also has another line running across the midsole. For Pelotano, the model is a reminder that Bape's footwear remixes are better than its original creations. Uh, when left to the, left to themselves, Bape honestly doesn't make good shoes. He says, "When they steal, they go. They do sometimes enhance old silhouettes, though. Bape eventually reverted in 2011 20- 2021 when it began to release another version of the base of silhouette this one more t- similar to the original baseters from the 2000s and that uh, and that the, and that the, and that the uh, no antecedent antecedent um the Air Force one the nike lawsuit describes the sneaker along the base release of other styles based on popular Nikes. As a turning point after years of de minimis and sporadic sales of infringing footwear, the, the lawsuit reads, "Bape drastically increased its infringement of Nike's trademarks. Um, Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's a good lesson to actually learn, though, man, if you want to create a sneaker don't try to copy off of nike's designs man like really really though man because that's not that's not gonna really sit well with not only yourself but but as the the people the people around you know what i'm saying uh so there you have it right there in other nike news um nike reveals sb hold on Okay, SB. Okay, um, all, right, all right, all right, all right. So, officially formed back in 2002, Nike SB is the brainchild of the late Sandy Bodecker, whose vision uh, encompassed much more than simply ca- crafting shoes uh, for skateboarding. During the subs, sub label's conception, Bodecker not only listened to the community but immersed himself in it all the while um, familiarizing himself with the shops and skaters that helped turn the sport into what it is today. The Nike SB Dunk was born not long after the orange box ushered in along with it. A lot has changed since that fateful day over two decades ago with each shift marked by the design of the sub labels packaging. And after three whole years of the strike box, we're finally embarking on an entirely new era as images of the next quick strike box, which features cream walls and a light gray Nike SB logo have just surfaced. At the time of writing this, there's yet to be an official name for the box. More details and info should surface soon, however, Uh, let's see. Yeah. So you could check out Nike. You could check out the latest, um, on sneakernews.com slash Nike SB 2023 quick strike box. All right. So I think I'm going to actually, um, let me see. I'm actually going to do, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. So all right, I'm gonna save the weekend for next time actually because I don't want to um take too much time on here, but um but let's get into um let's get into our next segment right here, which is the man cave popcorn. Um which is a sec, which is a segment involving um, movies in the box office, any upcoming movies or anything like that, any projects and stuff, whether it's Netflix, whatever it is. Um, so let's get into it right about, let's get into it right about now though, man. Um, So Ant-Man the Wasp takes over the, the box office. So let's get into it right here. And then we'll get to things to do for the weekend. I'll save the weekend story for next time. Um. All right. So in the meantime, let's get into it right here. Okay, and this is according to ComingSoon.net. As expected, Ant-Man and the Watch Quantumania dominated the box office um, in its opening weekend. Domestic box office in its opening weekend, collecting $118 million through its first four days of release, $104 million, three days, the fourth best President's Day weekend opener no opening ever per deadline. That's considerably better than the original Ant Man, $57 million, and Ant Man and the Wasp, $76 million. But a far cry from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, $187 million. That said, Ant Man was never in the upper tier of Marvel Fair. Internationally, the, the Three Crow. Pulled in $121.3 million to bring its worldwide tally to $225.3 million. The trade notes these numbers are lower than projections, which is probably the result of Ant Man's major 47% critical score of Rotten Tomatoes with a Beast Cinema score. It'll be interesting to see if audiences return to Quantum Mania in the weeks ahead. Elsewhere, James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water, $2.243 billion top cameras, um, Titanic to become the third highest grossing film of all time worldwide. Domestically, Avatar passed Jurassic World um, $653.4 million to become the ninth highest movie ever where it'll probably sit until a re-release release gives it enough though to pass Titanic's domestic um come which is six seventy two point one million dollars so the top ten in the box office ant man and, and the wasp Mania, 4345 theaters um Friday 46 million dollars saturday 33.8 million dollars sunday twenty four point two million dollars monday fourteen million dollars three day $104 million, 48, million, and $118 million. Number two, Avatar In the Way of Water, 2,675 theaters, um, also came in second place with six, $658.4 million. The Puss in Boots, Last Wish, also came in third place with $167.7 million. Um, what the hell is this? Hold on. Yes. Number four, Magic Mike's Last Dance also came in fourth place. That was originally number one and came to third place now fourth. Um, 18.9 million dollars. Knock at the cabin, number five, that was number one also, also came in fifth place with 30.96 million dollars um for the past three weeks. Number six, 80 for Brady, which I don't even which nobody even cared for, actually, also came in sixth place, for $32.8 million in week three. The the re-release of Titanic, um seventh place, um, $12.8 million. Week two, Marlo came in number eight with two point twenty-six million dollars. Missing number nine. Came in ninth place, twenty nine point nine million dollars in week five, and number ten to round up the top ten is a man called Otto. Came in came in tenth place with the total of sixty point nine million dollars. Okay, we got some places to do for the weekend. I want to start off with um. I want to start off with two things actually, man. In honor of hip hop fifty. 50 years of hip-hop and hip-hop's birthday which is going to be happening um let's get into it right here um for all you new yorkers out there this one's for you all right on february 24th which is today of course obviously obviously um it starts today Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it yesterday, but um, but, I was, but I will do a little recap right here. So, it's called Hip Hop Fashion 50 to Drip, February 24th, 2023. 2023 marks the 50th anniversary of hip hop and a- NYC. Mayor Eric Adams has announced a year-long celebration of the culture that started in NYC. Um celebrating 50 years of hip hop fashion. The Video Music Box and the Universal Hip Hop Museum in partnership with the mayor's office of the city of New York will kick off the 50th anniversary celebration of hip hop um, culture with the drip 50 years of hip hop fashion, a live runway show at the venue at the Hard Rock Hotel, Times Square on Friday, which is today from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. As part of the year-long celebration of the culture that started in NYC, the trip will highlight the legacy of the groundbreaking urban designs of Dapper Dan and well-known clothing lines like FUBU, Car canai and WalkAware, and others, along with some of today's hottest and brightest emerging designers. These standouts are Malik Dupree, Pepper Jacques. Ja- Rich threads and and house of swag, (laughs) ha! Yeah, um, yeah, and um, yeah, so um, let me just get to all right, so this is pretty much what it is. So, um, legacy designers, so there's April Walker, car Knight, of course, people from Fubu, Dapper Dan, and um, yeah, so I already. So this is like a recap. I think it's just to record yesterday because I was getting myself a phone yesterday. So for those of you that's wondering what's going on, I just got a new phone. So I'm definitely back. So there you have it, right there, man. And also, if you missed out on this thing right here, don't worry. I got another one right here for you, for you New Yorkers out here. And this is, um, what is it? So this is, this is basically an exhibition of Fresh Fly and Fabulous, 50 Years of Hip Hop. So it's, it's open. So it started from April 8th and it's going through April the 23rd, 2023 of this year. Special Exhibitions Gallery, Fresh Fly and Fabulous, 50 Years of Hip Hop will celebrate the 50 50th anniversary of the birth of hip hop by examining the roots and hip hop the history of hip hop fashion from its inception to the present time. This exhibition will explore themes such as the transition of hip hop from the hood to the runway, luxury and designer influence, the impact of hip hop celebrities on the fashion industry and the growth of hip hop style as an international ph- phenomenon. Um. <clears throat> This exhibition is curated by Elena Romero, assistant assistant professor of advertising and marketing communications at FIT and author of freestyling how hip hop changed the fashion industry together with Elizabeth Way, assistant curator at the museum at FIT. Th- this exhibition is free and open to the public. How about that? And um And if you'd like to know more information, of course, you can check out the website right here at www.fitnyc.edu slash museum slash exhibition hip hop style slash index.php. That's www.fitnyc.edu museum exhibitions, Hip Hop style slash index dot php. All right, on to more things to do for the weekend. Let's get into six things that we need to do. Okay, obviously today, fr- Friday, February twenty fourth, Harlem Fine Art Show the the Harlem Fine Art Show New York returns to Manhattan with a fifteenth anniversary celebration this show will feature over 120 booths of artists from the african african diaspora be sure to check out all weekend long the glass house located at 660 tough avenue in manhattan new york starts at 10 a.m 39 dollars and two cents Myrtle Avenue Restaurant Week 2023. This February, Myrtle Avenue Brooklyn Partnership will present its first ever Myrtle Avenue Restaurant Week 2023 with nine participating restaurants, all located on Myrtle Avenue, crossing through the Fort Greene and Clinton Hill neighborhoods of Brooklyn. Restaurants include Casa No No, Castro's, Um, Dunhuang, Miss Noodle, <laughs> Glen Tai Bistro lula may Austeria, brooklyn um, putnam's pub spice and grill and Uju. various locations prices vary at 20 to 30 30 or 40 dollars actually and um saturday was just small nyc parks presents marvel comics black panther art ex- exhibition this is your last chance to head to the pole park visitor center for a marvel comics black panther art exhibit exhibition excuse me and by the way the, the, it's free and yes it's by um yes and it's created by various artists including jack kirby of course and um and pole park visitor center is located at pole park 2640 grand concourse the bronx which starts at 10 a.m to 5 p.m and it's free yeah, and it's free, actually, so let's get, let's, um hold on a minute here. All right. Okay. All right, so. We have book sale at Park Slope United Methodist Church parcel umc book sale is offering readers tons of tons of book browsing and bargaining hunting opportunities and also it is it is going to be it's going to cost you between a dollar or two dollars for that matter and and parcel united methodist church is located at 410 6th avenue brooklyn and it starts at nine thirty a.m to 5 30 p.m it's free as well. And finally, Sunday, February 26th, Jurassic World Live Tour. Um, Jurassic World Live Tour is an exhilarating and unpredictable live family ent- entertainment experience that brings uh, the wonder and thrills of Jurassic World to generations of fans. And by the way, and, and it's low, and it's at the Barclays Center, by the way, and the production features more than 24 film-accurate, life-size dinosaurs with scale, speed, and, fer- and ferocity, operated by animatronics Anna- and performers. And it's located at the Barclays Center, 620 Atlantic Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. Starts from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. and 3 to 5 p.m. Tickets starts at $25. And finally, you can celebrate Black History. Join us to learn more about our. Honoree Vincent E. Green and his latest book release. Does race negate? All guests may enjoy free lunch and give gifts as well as learn more about the many other free resources available at the be Kind and WAFE Community Center. Um, be Kind and WAFE Community Center is located at 111 North Fork Street, Manhattan, New York. 12:30. P.m. to 2, 2 30 p.m. All right. All right, we're gonna wrap this up right here, man. Um, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to um one of my favorite segments right here, which is hold on, which is Stream Choices on the Go, man. It's where I I tell you about where you could actually um listen to the episodes and stuff. So let's get to it. Uh, let's get to it. <laughs> All right, man. Please follow off the meat rack chains New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and alongside with my other shows, which is excellent, fun, vibrant talks podcast, the sports edition show, my other sports podcast platform, and of course, my review show, meticulous vodges podcast. Um. Lost I with myself, G Money Stacks, aka the Gregonator, which is um on the primary handle. G Money Stacks five fifty five in Queens, New York. Also, also um turn on your notifications so you can be in the know on when each episode is going to be um going to be dropped off and all that great stuff right there. Um, I'm going to actually um make sure that I get everything covered. So you go to the link in bio, right? Um, you can go to the link and bar and it's and you can leave a voice message on anchor.fm slash stacks slash message. So anchor audacity audible audio burst Amazon Music Breaker Castbox, FM Deezer, Listen Notes Moon FM podcast player fm pocket cash pod bay friend. Alongside with the newly latest added streaming platform, Podhound, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, and also another newly added streaming platform, Podcast Guru, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one Afro music radio and podcast, and you don't need a debit card or credit card to actually do this, so uh be sure to actually subscribe to all the streaming platforms that i just mentioned right here and also do the same for youtube right here um grab that grab that subscribe button make sure you grab that subscribe button on the youtube channel page G Money Stacks 555 and and of course leave a comment leave a comment very important make sure you leave a comment on the topics tell us how you feel about the topics that was discussed today and everything else along with um the strike which i will post a question about this after i get off the air and leave a like and a comment along with the episodes stay tuned for more of your content um more of your content um new episodes previous episodes and of course make sure you listen stream watch download the episodes and of course share the episodes share the videos alongside with tell a friend to another friend spread the word word of mouth is important and of course be sure to actually actually um share the link that says link tree slash g money stacks five fifty five with your husbands your wives your girlfriends boyfriends friends people you're cool with from work parties barbecues get-togethers block parties wherever you meet new people all right that's it for me i'm G Money stacks aka the greg and a youtuber host with the most be sure to remember the grind doesn't stop hard work pays off and alongside with you know follow your goals and dreams find something that find something and look for something that that you love to do that clicks to you while you're on your P's and Q's on a consistency basis that gets you into your zone creatively, mentally, physically, and spiritually, alongside with tunnel vision. All right. I'm up out of here, man. I'm off this shit. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in and rocking with me on episode 240. I'm up out of here, man. Peace out. Hope y'all enjoy the rest of you, the rest of your Friday night. And alongside with. And alongside with um enjoying the rest of your weekend coming up. Peace and one love. Good night, everybody. Y P O D C A S T, alongside with my primary Instagram handle, GmoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, GmoneyStacks555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes. Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Attic, Podorama, Pod Chaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.